For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. I want to get the muffs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, like you're at the gun range. It's like you're an autistic kid that gets afraid whenever there's dogs barking in the neighborhood. He can hear it. He runs outside. He's got to solve a fucking mystery. I just don't go to a lot of concerts. And the great thing is, Melt Banana, you know where they're from? No. Japan. Oh, oh, really? Wow. All right. Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. Hey. How are you, Henry? What? Zorowski. <laughs> My back kind of hurts. Why? Um, I uh, was getting out of the bed yesterday, uh, and I shanked it. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You were getting out of bed, well, and you threw your back out. It was it was just like a time. I literally was getting out to... <laughs> Natalie was coming in the door, and I was getting out to say hi, because I was laying in my own filth. I got back from the gym. I was being healthy. <laughs> uh-huh. I got back from the gym, and a lot of times what I'll do with the gym is strip all of my clothes off, and then just lay down on the bed, just kind of spread eagle, just laying there. Oh, yeah. That's what happens sometimes. Yeah. So and then I saw her come in the door, and I was excited like a Labrador Retriever. I jumped up out of the bed, but guess what? I'm not made of snips and snails and puppy dog's tails. <laughs> I am made out of wow. old cigarette butts and, and, and bent cans. Well, all right. That's fine. Let's I need, talk. I need yeah. a life change from one Shoko Asahara. That's correct. All right. So we're on to part three of Om Shinrikyo. Oh, yes. Om Shinrikyo. This episode, like last episode, we really covered the micro of what happened to Om Shinrikyo between 1989 and 1994. When, when this, you, this week, we're going to go through their worldwide operations, the macro, the true Cobra Command shit that they did from 1990 to 1994. This is what we talked about the last time. So, yes, on the home front, uh, Om Shinrikyo was getting more fucked up as it went. He was like, you know, Asahara is growing in paranoia and megalomania and really starting his outreach. He started to realize his outreach within Japan is not enough for him. He wants Mm -hmm. a deeper reach. And we'll find out later on, too, is that he was actually obsessed with Mein Kampf, and he felt that this is a part of it. He um, he sympathized with the Nazis. That's mm-hmm. what he said. He sympathized with Hitler and Well, Hitler's they were allies, stance. yeah. Yes, and he looked at, at him as a sympathetic figure and said, we need to follow in their example of world domination. Yeah. And that in the, after the Harumageddon, when Om Shinrikyo stands alone, we will help the resurgence of the Nazi party. And little known fact, um, 
Hitler also had a picture of him levitating, but it was his own human dookie. Yes. <laughs> Almost like SpaceX, the way that that launches with, you know, fuel. Yes. It was actually human Hitler dookie. He's like, Himmler, come here. I want you to take these two Google eyes. Take the googly eyes yeah. and put them on the top of this pile. Perfect pyramids of my perfect shit. And they'll be like, I've got to say, Hitler, that is the funniest pile of poop I've ever seen. And I'm going to take a picture of it. And yeah. I'm going to never share it with anyone because it's just too funny. It's too possibly funny to poop with googly eyes on it. Yeah, another, yeah, little known fact. First use of googly eyes for humor. <laughs> for emojis. Yeah, for the, that's emoji. the first emoji was actually Hitler's shit with googly eyes. <laughs> no, while most doomsday cults can do with just one scapegoat, the scope of Ohm's operation required dozens. Their enemies list was staggeringly long. Put Nixon's to shame. Mm. It included the press, the Japanese government, even rival cults, which there were quite a few in Japan. They were they were all trying to steal followers from each other. Now, if only they all could have just gotten along, they would have taken over Japan and the world. Right. <laughs> See, listen to this, cults. If you're listening to last podcast on the left, on the left, make allies with each other. <laughs> then you can win. It was sort of against the character trait of a cult leader, though, to befriend other cult leaders. Exactly. There Break can only be one. Yeah. Exactly. They need a Scottie Pippen. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, they need a good assist man. Needed yeah. a Charles Barkley. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. That's right. Sure. <laughs> so, at the very top of Ohm's list was an entity that people looking to justify mass murder have been using for decades now. The good old U.S. of A. We're everybody's enemy, mm. but they don't know that we're everybody's best friend yeah. and that's why you must <laughs> let us inside your country conform <laughs> so asahara told followers that the reason why so many people were dying and the reason why they were all sick most of the time was because the united states was regularly spraying the compound with biochemical weapons oh you didn't think it was because they were all sitting in their own filth nah and eat nothing but like yeah, yeah parboiled vegetables <laughs> Sucking on the toes of a 300-pound man that is your leader who's who's technically eating the same shit as you, but he keeps getting fatter. Well, he, yeah, but he wasn't eating the same nonsense that they were. He had food delivered, didn't he? No, he he literally had a driver. There was a book written by one of his drivers, Tumaru, who wrote this whole thing about how he would send he would send uh, uh, Asahara would send him on errands, and one of the errands he would do would, would be to several restaurants to go and get him like meat and fish and all the stuff that they weren't supposed to eat because it's against Buddhist principles and he would eat them in a private room. He had his mm-hmm. private area. Of course it was fucking f- and they should have seen how many plastic uh, uh, food utensils were in there yeah. laying around like after the- we're done after a delivery quest. I got three, I got three sets of Woo! silverware yesterday. $29 on Chinese food. Nice. Thank you so much. I just got a high five. That's the first high five in the history of last podcast. <laughs> you haven't changed. No, I haven't. Um, and another thing that he would do, uh, this is just a side note, Tamaru would also take him to karaoke rooms. Asahara loved karaoke rooms and he would go to private rooms and he would bring all of his lovers, like all the hottest chicks in Ohm and, all, and his children and they would rent these rooms and he would pass the mic around and they would all sing a song until finally he'd take the mic and every single time his absolute favorite song he would sing was the Japanese version of My Way by Frank Sinatra and then he would not give the mic back he would just sing My Way (laughs) the rest of the night which by the way singing My Way in Japan and other various Asian countries huge faux pas you're not supposed to sing My Way it's like singing Stairway to Heaven here in fact in the Philippines I think it's either the Philippines or in Thailand you will get beaten half to death 
if you sing my way. Did they know that Frank Sinatra was violently racist against the Asians? Was he? Oh, yes. I mean, Frank Sinatra <laughs> was violently racist against white people. Yes, he was just a terrible person. He was person. just a terrible human being. He beat Mia Farrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mia Farrow. Really quick side note. He broke up with a woman by sending his bodyguard up to her hotel room, and he threw a glass of wine on her. <laughs> That's when he had the bodyguard. He said, go through the wine on the girl so she knows that we broke up. I want one of Swear these bodyguards. I want a bodyguard. Guard slash limo driver. I want somebody to ask to do ludicrous shit. All right, let's get back to another psychopath. So besides the, uh, I guess, the invented paranoia, the cult's paranoia also got a boost from the real world as the compound was constantly besieged by family members trying to rescue those who had cut ties with them. The press, who from the very beginning knew something was up with Ohm, and finally the police, who were completely ineffective as their policy, this is Japanese policy, was to always announce raids in advance. Mm, What's polite. Yeah, yeah, it's a very polite society. But also within the cult, they are all they are being led to believe that what they're doing is completely on the books and it's completely on the level that they are uh, fighting for peace and then everybody's attacking them. Right. What they don't understand, most 90% of Om Shinrikyu did not understand how heavily involved the, that other 10% were, were in making weapons of mass destruction and also drugs. They literally a gigantic mm. dr- drug running like business to the side of it and they're literally hanging in there being like why are all these people bugging us all the time yeah Mm. and thus with attacks coming from all sides Asahara said the time to arm is now yes and with millions of dollars in the bank and over a thousand cult members living in compounds across Japan Ohm was more than prepared to do so now while most of us know about the biochemical side of things Ohm's arsenal went well beyond poison gas Ohm acquired a Failing manufacturer called Okamura Arm Ironworks moved every bit of machinery to a massive building 20 miles from their main compound and began manufacturing AK-47s from scratch. Now, these weren't 10-year-old Indian kids who know how to build guns. <laughs> these were 30-year-old Japanese people who up until this point have just been simple chemists or, or physicists. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, didn't they like? Didn't the government realize they were gutting out this ironworks factory? I mean, that would be difficult to move. Wouldn't they need like mass trucks? No, they and just do like, like that. Yata, keep moving forward, spirit of enlightenment. <laughs> you, they used a spell. Yata. <laughs> no, they were all just super excited, being like, "Yes, move forward, expansion, reach to the stars. If you do not reach to the stars, then you will never become an astronaut." Yon Asahara, and he's just like, yeah. "Thank you." So and the power like, of ambition. Yeah, it's gutted out it just, the ironworks. So you can do it, nature of the Japanese. We lost that in this country, didn't we? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, we slowly bred it out of us using the Trilateral Commission's use of uh, of rigorous schooling and also uh, fluoride in the water. Yeah, but we're still yeah. doing it. America's number one export, entertainment. There we go. That's all we got left. Perfect. So the ultimate goal of the AK-47 factory was to have 1,000 rifles and 1 million bullets by 1995, enough to arm every man, woman, and child on their various compounds across Japan. Now, with kids, you just can wrap them up in bullets. <laughs> Send them in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it was estimated that eventually the project would have cost over $10 million, but to Ohm, whose assets at the time of the purchase were worth well over $200 hmm. million, this was a drop in the bucket. 
Now, you know what it's also a really effective way to use a child as a weapon? What you do is you strap a bunch of, you know how you can take out the grenades, you can pull the pins, right. and then you can strap the thing so you can like hold the hold the, the thing, the, the lever thing you do, yeah, yeah, sure. the thing you do so it doesn't blow up. The pin. Take a bunch of those. Yeah, the latch. Take a bunch of those, you pop them. Right, you hold the latch with duct tape, tape it all over the inside of the kid's clothes. Right, <laughs> go up to right. have the kid run up to the American embassy, be like, please, 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 please come help, please help, please help. And he's just like, what? He's just like, I think I have Russian berry, I have Russian berry. <laughs> and they're like, oh, young Japanese boy, we have to help. We're the U.S. embassy. All we do is help. I don't know if they help with rashes on bellies. They're not. <laughs> that they do is they think that that's code for the, they. This kid wants them to fuck him. Right? Oh, I because see. Because they're the government. They take the kid into the into the building. They to go to erotically strip its clothes off of it. Boom! So that's a suicide bomber. Yes. Yeah. But, but using pedophilia against them. I don't know, but I think you're inferring the pedophilia, definitely confirming we have a suicide bombing child. Look at the numbers. Follow the money. <laughs> yes. Dennis Hastert, for example. That's the, the, most, the latest senator to fall. Oh, yeah. We'll cover Dennis Hastert in the future. Now, in addition to their attempts at AKs, Om Shinrikyo would develop literal tons of chemical weapons build a functioning railgun as well as a few functioning lasers and mm. manufacture thousands of pounds of TNT these guys were on the fucking level yeah well this is when it get, truly gets actually frightening yeah. this is what we were talking about last episode about where Om Shinrikyo was uh, legitimately one of the most dangerous forces in the world, mm -hmm. when they were coming, because they had the independent thought, they they had the mind to to put all of this shit together, and then what well, this is another thing that's really interesting is that uh, in the book. Uh, uh, destroying the world to save it. They have a really interesting concept about the how megalomania and how dangerous that is in this scenario. A lot of times in megalomania, you see people in people that are deeply suffering in uh, the, the, they're deep in the suffering of schizophrenia, right. and they believe there's gigantic illusions and stuff like that. Is that Asahara was was literally suffering from a version of that but had access to millions of dollars yeah. and thousands of people willing to do his nonsense wills. Just Kim Jong-un, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's in addition to a head full of acid. Yes. And so Oh my god, thing, a rail gun when you're on acid? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Sign me up for the cult <laughs> immediately. <laughs> me and my brother's gonna fucking YouTube it. Oh man. You gotta YouTube it. But he came out and one thing they said what's really interesting is about how the uh, an atomic bomb, which is Asahara's main goal, is such a... Hmm? Should I wait? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the big reveal. You got it. Yeah. Uh, so get back, but uh, start talking about the other you shit. You got a YouTube it. You can just go for it. Yeah, yeah. But no, no, but this is when you bring in the, all of the we other weird inventions that... Ah, they, yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But what Asahara would mm. do, he would he had this concept called the Mahamudra, which was this, uh, which I think I brought up last time, which the idea that a guru has become so enlightened that sometimes he gives a confusing command mm -hmm. on purpose just to see how dedicated you are right. to him is that you won't question him. So one thing he well, would do... Well, that was the 1,000 whatever, hit your head on the floor 1,000 uh, times, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's all the bullshit. Yeah. And so what he did was that he is his head science officer, a man named Rai, who was his second in command. He was his, a, a devoted, devoted human being. And one thing he, he would turn to him, he's like, I want you to make me a metal that's lighter than air. And he's like, absolutely, guru, we can do it. Mm -hmm. And he just says he could do it, and they just go off and they go work on it a bunch. And then when he doesn't do it right, he just 
just prostrates himself in front of the guru, and then it's just more about the idea that he went to went to go do it. So what Asahara came, one thing he came forward and asked for is that he said, I want a floating chair. He said, I want to harness the gravity of the sun, and I want I want to use that in order to levitate easier, more easily than I'd normally have to do flexing my powerful leg muscles. See, there's a movie about that. Yes. <laughs> Man, put the balloons on the chair. You're talking oh, about up. Up. Yeah. No, not up. That's the house. There's a movie where a man sits on a chair it's and he puts balloons. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. He died. He di- yes. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. yeah it was Wait, dumb. don't do it. It was dumb. Yeah, dumb thing to do. Yeah. So Murai took the command. He said, okay, we will go work on it. And he comes back to Asahara a couple of weeks later. And he's like, okay, we can do it. But the problem is the chair will spin so fast, it will make people sick. <laughs> oh, that's a kind of a fun ride for a, for a carnival. <laughs> <laughs> and then also hard to say, like, yeah, forget about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Actually, that's cool. It's cool, cool. Thanks, though. Nice. So they had all that goofy shit. They had all of the, the uh, truly dangerous stuff, like the TNT, the chemical weapons, the AK-47s. But the one thing the Ohm wanted above all else was a nuclear bomb. Get in line. Yeah, right. <laughs> and luckily for them, the number one producer of atomic weapons was collapsing just across the ocean for Shoko Asahara and Om Shinrikyo would find a second home oh my God. in Russia just as the USSR was collapsing. I just love the idea that Russia had a fire sale. <laughs> and it was, everything must go. What do you have? Wah, wah, All they wah, had wah, was wah, nukes. Wah, wah. Just, everything's glowing with radiation. is like, oh, my best salesman is my is Korshk here. And Korshk, tell them how or He's like, no, son, I am 47 years old, but I look like I'm nine years old. And that is because of radiation from Chernobyl. But what we'll say, we have got the, quite the sale going on <laughs> We can get two atomic bombs for up to 40,000 Korskoskoskas. Wow. And what exactly is a Korskoskoskas, young George? (laughs) It is a salt. A salt cube. (laughs) Oh, how I yearn for salt. Yeah, they do need salt over there. They do. Bad food. So Asahara's arrival in Russia could not have been timed more perfectly. Just as the emperor of Japan abdicating his godhood after World War II created a spiritual vacuum in Japan, so too did the collapse of the Soviet Union Mm. in 1991. And not only that, but the Soviet school system was very similar to Japan's, filled with rote memorization that discouraged any critical thinking whatsoever. Russia was ripe for the taking, and Asahara planned to take it. Now, in what would be the first of many sold-out appearances in Russia's largest covered arena, Asahara, and this was kind of his uh, Trojan horse. This was his way into the hearts of the Russian people. Mm -hmm. He would sit on a chair in a bare field as video screens flashed pictures of him as Christ crucified. And after that went on for a while, Asahara would give a rambling speech on yoga and kundalini before leading everyone in a mass meditation ritual. And one academic described the scene as, quote, an awe-inspiring, overwhelming experience in the state of mass hypnosis. Well, it's a lot more serious than that. An (laughs) awe-inspiring... 
overwhelming experience in the state of mass hypnosis. Yeah, man. It sounds like when we took psychotics and went to go see the Flaming Lips. That sounds awesome. It does sound pretty fucking rad. So you mean to say he was somewhere between Marilyn Manson and Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah, something like that. But also E. Honda. Ooh, e. Honda. That's, e. Honda. Him. That's him in one go. Don't even get me started. For those that don't know, E. Honda could flap his hands all fast. You get your enemy in the corner, they can't move. So these spectacles would happen every time Asahara would visit Russia over the next few years until finally some Russian prankster let loose a pack of feral stray dogs into the crowd and just ruined the whole thing for everyone. You would be surprised how many group experiences are ruined in Russia by someone unleashing a pack of dogs. When, when the Russians had the Olympics, there was a bunch of stray dogs, There's feral dogs. Dog. What's wrong with the Russians and the dogs? How's the dogs? It just seems like everybody was raising attacks dogs and then everybody yes. ran out of meat at the right. same time. Release the dogs. <laughs> but while new followers and especially the new money was very nice, Asahara was much more interested in Russia's rogue scientists. See, scientists in Soviet Russia, especially those involved in military applications, were among the USSR's upper crust. Exalted individuals they wanted for nothing, and they enjoyed privileges that the proletariat could mm -hmm. only dream of. Like salt. Yeah, bread. <laughs> and shoes. Really just soup. I mean... They had a full sink. Wow. <laughs> each apartment, so nice. each government cube that was given to them mm -hmm. had a full sink. Well, the worst thing about a half sink, it's just difficult for... You'd have no sink. But in whatever apartment you are, the sink... Also doubles as a toilet. <laughs> oh, that's kind of nice. <laughs> but when the Soviet Union collapsed, suddenly there were hundreds of scientists, hundreds if not thousands of scientists with a vast knowledge of both chemical and nuclear warfare out of a job, and Shoko Asahara was right there to mm. offer them one. See, by the end of 1994, Om Shinrikyo had a membership of over 30 thousand in Russia, three oh, times wow. their membership in Japan, and recruiting scientists with nuclear know-how, very easy to do. They're whores. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, these guys, they, they have one marketable skill. Exactly. Their families, their families are starving. They have one skill, and- It just happens to be creating weapons of mass, mass destruction, destruction and death. Yeah, yeah, and they're totally fine with it. But yeah. Sam Nunn- one of the U.S. Senate's top defense experts, he said about, he. this is what he said about that. Literally thousands of nuclear scientists do not know how they're going to provide adequately for their families. But they certainly know how to make nuclear weapons. Oh, that's refreshing. That's very reassuring. <laughs> nothing like a nuclear scientist with nothing to lose. <laughs> okay, okay. Good the God. baby is crying, where is Marshka? Marshka, where? Well, I, I guess I'm this little happens, so now you're a stay at home dead. I guess I will just sit around. Okay, what? Good baby, you cry. I do what do I do? Dip you in cooling liquid. <laughs> oh, that's all you need. <laughs> I just make the noise. You're like, oh, look at this. All... Uh, this did nothing for the shit on you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sad. The only acceptable reason to interrupt a podcast? Your dog. <coughs> that was your dog saying thank you for BarkBox. You can take a minute now. You pet your dog. You're going to learn about Bark. It's the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Yay. Every month, BarkBox decides and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. No, Wendy, I can't get you a whip. You're too cute for weapons. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Mmm, tubers. 
My dogs love their toys selectively, but BarkBox sends good little ones for the little tiny mouths. They have little mouths, but strong, big spirits. So they fight over the little toys. I imagine they think that they are hunting and going after little bugs and rats. And oh, they love their life and they love the they love what BarkBox brings. Because BarkBox brings the bark and puts it in a box. Yep. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash L-E-F-T. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do. Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet. Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles. It's just a better way to watch TV. Get with it, people. Philo has an unlimited DVR for one year. Save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, meaning that your children or significant other can't ruin your queue. Never miss a minute of shows like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it. And it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds for less money and less hassle. Try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month. So Kia Hide Hayawaka, Asahara's right-hand man, took no less than eight trips to Russia in 1994. Also, this is just one of Asahara's right-hand man, but I do feel mm. like Asahara did this quite a bit. I think he did the Jack Palance, right. you, you are my number one guy, like three times. <laughs> and he, kept, yeah, yeah, yeah. he would do it every single time. When the last one died, you got to be that one, but he yeah. also said it to two other guys in the other room literally just before he said it to you. Right. Mm-hmm. So this guy's notes from his trips to Russia, they include numerous references to nuclear warheads with one page listing several different prices for various nuclear weapons. Hmm. The lowest price, $15 million, which was, again, to somebody whose coffers hundreds of millions of dollars, pocket change to Om Shinrikyo. And while the likelihood of Ohm smuggling an actual nuclear bomb from Russia to Japan is admittedly low, it is not... (laughs) too far-fetched to assume that they could have at least smuggled enough plutonium in to create 
a dirty bomb. Sure. I mean, you can put anything in your rectum. <laughs> you can you put people... anything in your rectum yeah, you... up to the size of a baguette. <laughs> yes. So a couple of trips. That's all. I mean, how much plutonium do you need? Three baguettes worth. <laughs> how much plutonium is a lot of plutonium? I feel like a little plutonium is a lot of plutonium. That's what I yeah. thought. Is that you don't need that much to make an atomic bomb, right? I don't right. know. No. Even... I am somewhat d- I- lacking in terms well, of my not... knowledge of yeah. nuclear science. Sure. <laughs> so... When detonated, a dirty bomb creates a radioactive mist that embeds itself in the environment for literally thousands of years, Mm. rendering it a deadly wasteland for centuries to come. I'm just going to put a little bracket in there for joke concerning Kissel's bathroom. (laughs) Oh, okay, good. I like that joke. It's kind of funny. Even a small, dirty bomb would render half of Tokyo completely uninhabitable for hundreds of years, and Asahara was well on his way to obtaining both the components and the knowledge necessary Hmm. to make it happen. He was this close. He was maybe six, eight months away. Yes, and Marcus, about a half inch. About half half inch close. Half half inch, because that's what he was doing. Yeah, a cunt hair. He was a cunt hair (laughs) up. Oh, I see. (laughs) Well, depending on the cunt. We'll call How a much vaginal <laughs> follicle. I don't like. I think vaginal follicle is worse than cunt hair. <laughs> well, for my purposes, I have to say vaginal follicle. How often do you say it in a box? Oh, so much, so much. <laughs> now, Russia would also net the cult one of their most terrifying weapons of all through the former Soviet state of Azerbaijan, and this was a very common thing uh, in in the post-Soviet years because all of a sudden you have all of these Soviet states that are suddenly independent nations with no idea how to govern themselves. But also in need of cash. In need of a lot of cash. Desperately. And so they have all of this shit and it's like we literally need to buy food. And so we can just sell off the, these reserves. We have all of this shit. We have weapons yeah. just hanging around, like literally anti. Because Russia was very good at giving everybody weapons yeah. before it was when it was the USSR. Everybody got weapons just to be like, just in case any one of us has got to kill everybody. Here you're set. You got a weapon. <laughs> so Ohm was able to buy for actually this is kind of a low price. They paid $700,000 for an MI-17 military-class helicopter yeah. capable of being equipped with 128 rockets, four Scorpion Jesus. anti-tank missiles, and a 12.7-millimeter gun mounted on the nose. It sounds like a great time. It's I just gr- have I mean, to say. Yeah. they're like, like a fucking awesome time. Eight yeah. months to get in a nuke. They have a helicopter. I mean, a head full of acid. <laughs> Holy <laughs> Holy hell. This is my question, though. What was the interior like? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure it's very nice. A good I, military is it an interior. Isotoner <laughs> leather is you what can, you want. Yeah. We can put the leather in. Yeah. <laughs> All give, right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fine. So, no features? <laughs> I'll give you guys one guess where Asahara sent his pilots to train for their terroristic exercise Florida. 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 Oh, my God. <laughs> what is with Florida? Terrorists are like, we want to blow up the United States. We want to blow up our homelands. But let's do it in the comforts under the sun. Uh, yo, let's, just do it in the, let's do it in the uh, orange state. Were you guys talking about like planning some sort of like massive terrorist attack? Because you should come down to me near Punxsutawney <laughs> Flight School. While I, got, I got like five helicopters, and I mostly teach things up like... Yeah. How to kill things from the sky. <laughs> yeah, I'm not convinced Florida doesn't have a secret tourism campaign going on for terrorists. <laughs> yeah, there's an anti-American sleeper cell in 
Florida, which yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, if you guys, if in case you you're not getting putting two and two together, Florida was where the 9/11 hijackers yeah. were were uh, were trained. I bet it's run by an alligator with an eye patch and <laughs> right. two parrots. He doesn't even care. He's cold blooded. <laughs> no, even though the weapon capabilities of the helicopter were impressive, Ohm's main goal for the helicopter, which by the way. Easily passed through Japanese customs. They just waved it on through. It so was like pineapple, pineapple, bizarre <laughs> mango, helicopter, pineapple, pineapple. No, I can't bring this frog in there. No, this is an endangered frog, ma'am. Arrest her. So Ohm's main goal for the helicopter was to fit it with a spraying mechanism filled with poison gas, spray it over Tokyo, and easily wipe out half the city. This came from a vision he had. This is about time, like, while he was ramping up the, uh, while he, the, while the Harumageddon temperature was rising and the pressure was rising on the outside of Om Shinrikyo, he began this this concept of saying 70 tons and he would yell out 70 tons and no one knew in within the 90% again that don't know what's going on what he was talking about. What he was talking about was 70 tons of sarin gas. Mm. Yeah. And because of Ohm's vast contacts with former military scientists, the cult would also return from Russia with... The Soviet recipe for sarin gas, which, by the way, that recipe originally developed by, you guessed it, Nazis. No. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know what? The Nazis, a lot came out of that. They ta- did. A- I know the. Yes. They did so. Much god damn they were work. They were kinda like um like Lemonhead Perry. What's the name of that blues man that like Mick Jagger and Chuck Berry loved? We'll his call name, him Lemonhead Perry. Was like to- Toe Pants Johnson. <laughs> lead belly. They always have the names Nazi- like that. So you're equating lead belly to the Nazis well, yeah. because they both worked hard. Well they right. just they were so like LeBron James is a Nazi. <laughs> or maybe Robert Johnson. Are you thinking of Robert Johnson? Sure. Oh, he one of those guys. One of those blues men that all the white guys stole from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Muddy Waters, Robert Johnson, Hallam Wolf. How's the Nazis? <laughs> they were the Nazis. I see. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you're saying like Muddy Waters was like the Heinrich Himmler of American yes. music. <laughs> yes. Well, if you want to compare American music to the development of um, weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> sure. Okay. And I do. So, sarin gas. It was. It is among the most effective and popular of the gases used in chemical warfare. For example, uh, the uh, the uh, Iraqis, Saddam yep. Hussein, was a big fan of sarin gas in the late '80s, early '90s. The infection begins with a runny nose, drooling, and a tightness of the chest. The victim's vision is then narrowed down to a pinpoint, effectively blinding them. That's followed by muscle spasms excessive sweating, and uncontrolled defecation and urination. Next come the convulsions. Don't giggle. It is kind Don't of you giggle. Well, but it, you just giggle. No, I know because they're just like... You'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, bro, you are shitting yourself. You are like pooping man, a lot. Bro, too. listen. Listen, man. No, this is Becky's birthday party, man. You're ruining this for <laughs> me, man. Not. Wait a second. I'm kind of like... You eat those taco sandwiches? <laughs> Yeah, it is always funny when people have uncontrollable bowels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After the uncontrollable bowels come convulsions, coma, then eventually death, with survivors often suffering 
permanent nerve damage. I thought you were going to say embarrassment. Yeah, death by embarrassment. I honestly would be embarrassed. Like, that is a a fear, like having a medical breakdown Uh if you would defecate yourself in public. Yeah, Yeah. you defecate and urinate yourself, and then you just start shaking it all over the place. (laughs) Like that hippo who got out of the pool. One of the greatest YouTube videos. Have you ever seen that? (laughs) If you have a YouTube hippo farting, then you'll love the video. I just imagine a shit-covered fucking convulsing dance just called the Somalian twist. Yeah. It's very unique to your culture, huh? Come on, man. Let's do the shits. (laughs) Now, under the right weather... Now, under the right weather conditions, which is ironically the right weather conditions for uh, a sarin gas attack, the end of a sunny, clear day. Oh a 500 pound sarin bomb could easily wipe out half of Washington, D.C., and as Henry said, Ohm's goal was 70 tons. Now, they got, the idea was to mimic a biblical disaster. That's what it was. It fit with his brand. It fit with this idea of being like, we will rain death from the skies. People will not understand what is happening and they will assume it's a godlike motion. And then once like so first it will appear to be a biblical disaster and then it will appear to be a gigantic chemical weapons attack. And then that will be blamed upon the United States of America. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he's putting all his chips on the U.S. being blamed on this, despite Japan being one of our closest allies in the late. Nice. And if you, again, if you want to compare this to the Charles Manson uh, race war concept, which was such a small concept, there's another yeah, good, compared, cool wow. thing interesting from this book. They were talking about it's like Manson was saying like, but but Manson's idea was just like, oh, guns and knives, right? Yeah. Like yeah, there'd be and fighting. dune buggies, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. there'd be it would be like warriors. It'd be kind of fighting in the streets, but. Asahara's vision of the end times was so epic, and then because he had the cash flow to make it happen, yeah, yeah. it's again he's pro- he was probably the most dangerous person in America. Yeah, because in the world, I mean, the most dangerous person in the world. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like it. Because Manson's whole thing was just all about telling a lie to get all the chicks out to the desert because he liked living in the desert. He liked fingering chicks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, that wasn't the end game for him. Like the uh, the whole helter skelter thing. That was just him riding the wave. That was like a side game that was just a lie because he was a petty criminal a bit right. of a megalomaniac he did enjoy the attention he did enjoy like the christ-like vision that people had of him but asahara the sex was a side effect the set the sex was like that was just a bonus to him i was right. reading about too he was also barely coming he was still <laughs> believing in the idea of transferring your energy upwards so he would take his the hottest females from home into his room and he'd go like no, no, no. Yeah. You know, like, like pull him off just before you fuck them. Go, well, I like pep, that, pep, though. Pep, 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 pep. Yeah. At least, we talked about it last yeah. time. But at least he was living up to his own standard to some degree. To some degree, yeah. So yeah. that's not so bad. I mean, but, I mean, no one else was allowed to have even any sex, sex at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah any yeah, sex no, at no. all. But, yeah. So Asahara was a, a truly dangerous man. He, he was, this was actually a goal. He was going to go through with this. Because of all the acid, the visions that he saw, he believed his own bullshit. What started right. off as... As a scam to sell like energy drinks to idiots, ended up uh, he mm. he believed his own press. Absolutely, well, he he's truly in, he was truly mentally ill. Yeah. and then the constant acid and the isolation and the creating of a whole group of people that idolize you, you begin to, you begin to believe in the fantasy. That well, is a part of the, the self con man that you con yourself into becoming the guru position and then there's no coming back and don't you constantly have to have (laughs) give them something to do 
You yes. constantly have to be evolving, otherwise yeah. it dies, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because you have that, we talked about that in the last episode with that manic energy that they have to have, that they have to keep up because you got to keep this train moving forward. If it slows down even a little bit, and he found that in the late 80s, early 90s, when he start, tried to run for office, the train started to slow down. And anytime he has seen again and again that anytime the train slows down, a shitload of people get off. Right, Think of about course. how upset you get when you aren't getting commercial editions for a week. <laughs> oh my, live. Yeah, it's the same shit. Which, like, Robert J. Lifton said in this book, was really interesting, too, is about the push and pull of the guru believing that he's the guru and also his self-doubt and the and the cult's belief in the guru and their doubt of him and how that push-pull makes it really... Di- Once you get w- nuclear weapons involved in that, it gets very, very dangerous. Yeah. One story that he, that he said, I will mm. say real quick, is that Asahara was confronted by one of the r- renunciants wanting to stop being a de- Devotee because he fell in love with another chicken, Om. Murai turned to him and he said, you know what he should do as punishment is that he should eat her shit. He should eat her shit and see how he feels after he tastes her shit. And Asahara was like, that's insane. No way. <laughs> Two weeks later, Asahara walks in, literally turns to the guy and he's like, I've come up with your punishment. You will eat her shit. <laughs> What if he and loved literally, it? they went and ate. He ate her shit in front of everybody. In uh, that another time, uh, another Young sapien never denies eating shit. <laughs> it's like, oh, ma- master always yeah. chooses me to eat shit, and what do I do? Oh, I eat shit with much alacrity. <laughs> I mean, did she? Did she uh, shit knowing that it was going to be eaten, or did somebody have to? Yeah, she told. They told it? her to shit in a, on a plate, and then they ate it. You think a plate? I'm picturing a bowl. Either that. A bowl? Yeah, yeah, I'm taking a bowl. Either that or somebody waited until she went to the outhouse and they snuck up behind with the bucket and they caught it. Oh, she was in the Great cult trick. as well. Yeah, yes. she was. Oh, yeah, yeah. she was in the okay. cult as well. Yeah, all these people are in the cult together. It, happen, it also happened where another guy, mm. a different guy, uh, told Asahara, hey, I've fallen in love with this woman. Uh, I want to marry her. We we want to leave. We, you know, we believe in the guru's love, but we believe in our love more. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, uh, yeah. He dunked them in boiling water and then hung them upside down for a day. It's called the heat test. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That was a, Boiling water was a big part of Om Shinrikyo. Yeah, he was boiling. He was legitimately boiling the ca- karma out of you like everybody was a wonton, but also that's how Asahara <laughs> saw everything in piles of wontons. Mm, why wouldn't he? That's how mm. I see everything, too. I can't stop thinking about those ducks that you can see, deep-fried ducks. <laughs> Kind of fun. <laughs> so they they died when they were boiled in water. No, uh, no. no they oh, they lived. lived. Some of them did. Uh, the yeah. old people usually die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there was weak. Uh, <laughs> there was no age limit on the boiling oh, water. I see. Okay. So the bio lab where the sarin gas was produced, which they called Satyon Seven, straight out of a fucking comic book. After entering a nondescript warehouse and navigating a series of narrow corridors, one eventually came to a large mezzanine with a giant golden statue of Shiva, the god of destruction, sitting in the middle. And hidden above Shiva was the so-called Room of Genesis, where scientists worked on various chemical agents, which they gave cute little nicknames like Magic, Witch... Or Sally. It sounds like fucking like they were making Molly. (laughs) It sounds like My Little Pony names. (laughs) Oh, it's Atyon 7. Uh, It was affectionately nicknamed 
the wizard. So awesome, dude. A little callback. Yeah, the mountain wizard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he brings it back. So it's like, we always got to go back to the wizards. They're like high-five each other. We're like, yeah, no. I, I almost forgot that they are just a bunch of nerds at the end of the day. You forget. Yeah. That's reminder. the problem with nerds is that once yeah. they start taking themselves seriously, they become Nuclear superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> Now, to test the sarin after it had been completed and purified, Ohm traveled to Australia, bought a ranch called Banjuan Station, acquired a 29-strong flock of sheep, tethered the sheep to a gr- to the ground in a semicircle, and exposed the sheep to a cloud of sarin gas that they had developed themselves from the Russian by way of the Nazi's recipe. Wow. So what are y'all going to do with these sheep? You come on down in my sheep farm. What do I do with them? Oh, most respectful young Australian. What we plan to do is nerve gas them to death and experiment to see what the nerve gas will do to humankind. All right. Well, I guess that's about as good as anything. I was going to fuck them. <laughs> Australians have a fun way of talking. <laughs> All 29 sheep died. And the so cult- it was good. Good batch. The cult finally developed their first successful weapon after trying to use botulism, after trying to use anthrax. We didn't even go through that. Their nice little foray into the world of anthrax, they couldn't quite develop either because, you know, as we said in the last episode, biological weapons are very, very difficult. So get off their back. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm not judging them. I'm just, they're, they're trying. They're trying real hard, and they tried hard enough to develop sarin gas. And Ohm could not wait to use it and unleashed their first sarin gas attack in the town of Matsumoto on June 28, 1994. Mm. The attacks on the trains, that was not their first deadly attack. That was not their first attempt by far. The Tokyo attacks, I think, were there, look, what, fifth or sixth? Fifth or atten- sixth attack. Attempt. Yeah. Uh, and the Matsumoto incident, as it is referred to, uh, was their first deadly attack. You know, I just feel bad for the sheep. <laughs> I, I really, I've been this entire time. I was you can't thinking stop thinking about the, thinking sh- about the sheep. I can't. I'm, talk, I'm talking about them murdering people, people, and you can't stop thinking about the sheep. People are mean. Some they've been mean to me. Yeah, and you know and what? A sheep never. Sheep has been, doesn't know what's happening. Well, to it, it does know what's happening. It just wants to be shaved and worn to keep us warm. You know what, Ben? You know who had that same opinion? Who did? Shoko Asahara. Well, was, no, I'm completely serious. Yeah. He After, felt sad about the sheep. He felt dying. so bad about the sheep because his whole sheep. thing was karma. And of course, the karma things that you could gain good karma from murdering somebody because you're releasing them from this world and sure. saving them from hell. But animals. Killing animals was nothing. Like it's you could, already you their heaven. Yeah, they already fit into the. Technically, the sheep farm was their heaven. It was, and they were just yeah. having a little sheep day, going about their sheep lives. But technically, <laughs> it all fit back into his Poa philosophy: the yeah. idea that you're killing the thing to release its karma. You're doing because you're working towards a higher end. Everything's explained. Okay. Yeah. So people in Japan, understandably. Didn't really like having Ohm Shinrikyo around. What are you talking right. about? They're just stinky. Uh, they're they're really loud. You see flashing lights coming out of it that are legitimately laser tests. Uh-huh. You wonder what's happening in there. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you don't know. They're fine. Yeah, they're kind of fun neighbors, right? I think suicide death cults can be beneficial to a community. You think so? Sure. Think they're going to raise property values up? Well, you know, <laughs> gonna, I don't know about that. You know that once they're all dead. 
those buildings are going to be a lot cheaper. Right. <laughs> He's creating jobs. Think about that. And so people, regular folks, they went to great lengths to remove Om Shinrikyo from their immediate vicinity. Because Om, in the, by the mid-90s, they were a known quantity in Japan. Om Shinrikyo was a thing. And anytime you saw Om Shinrikyo cultists moving into your mm. area, it was time to use the law to the, its fullest extent to well, keep them the fuck out. Right. They were just as visible as Scientology. Yeah. They were not as technical legit is Scientology only because we haven't like they, they, there wasn't a lot of celebrities that were involved like in Scientology Scientology they're trying to make it more normal yeah it or, was Scientology in its early days before they got like John well, Traw and you know Tom Cruise and all that John yes. Traw that's John, what you call him that's now? what I call John yeah John Traw do you don't listen to page 7 I love page 7 and I listen to it every week I must have just missed that yeah oh you missed John Traw it's like the John Traw oh. it's the center of page 7 that's a, that everything revolves around John Traw <laughs> okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, listen, go listen to page 7 okay. me and Jackie Zabrowski which Henry is going to be guesting on here yeah. uh, in uh, the next few weeks Very good. and I'll be fabulous on it <laughs> welcome, John to the, welcome to the slumber party Yay. Henry um, but Om Shinrikyo was like the super super weird version of that but everybody knew them yeah. because they were in newspapers he Asahar was always on television yeah. because he'd yeah. brought, be brought on as a gag. But it, Scientologists just want to make great Hollywood movies. They don't want to. They don't want to invest in nuclear weaponry. Well, they do want to make a gang of the straightest men who've ever been straight. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> My boy, Texas Pete is a sauce and allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around. It's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner tables since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try Every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor by Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce and a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some cha. Texas Pete sriracha sauce, and I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs and a whole bunch of cha. And it started off my day correct. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough. But Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with 
horse picks. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hi, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. So one particular land dispute, as the Aum Shinrikyo cult was moving into uh, the town of Matsumoto, it's about a town of about like 200,000, that would not end in a lawsuit, as they usually did, but in mass murder. Now, Ohm, seeking to murder the three judges that were about to rule against them in this land dispute case, Ohm brought back their old car exhaust plan that they borrowed from the CIA, but they now had gas that actually worked, and they knew that it worked. And the attack from the beginning, bit of a comedy of errors, kind of seemed destined to fail. First, the head of the operation overslept on the big day. Oh, Oh. I gotta wake up. Normally the rat that nibbles on my toes (laughs) does this a lot earlier. What's going on? Oh, maybe I woke up early. It's 12.30! When you wake up in the morning, I get what I wanted, and I gotta get my own. He's putting on sunglasses. He's putting on a denim jacket. And I'll be all right. It's all right. Sees the bus pull away. 
Yoinks? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. In the van that they were going to use, they had to load it up. In order to do these uh, gas attacks, they needed hundreds of pounds of equipment. And they also had five cultists in this van. And because they had so much weight in it, they couldn't muster enough power to go over 30 miles per hour. <laughs> it is funny. It is, it is actually. Funny. But the thing about this, these bumbling assholes with this big junky van that's only to, it is filled with toxic gas. <laughs> right. That if they fuck up, like even they would have been way more dangerous if they just fucked up. Yeah, if they just, and hit, just something. Like, hit something. And then that would have killed everybody. <laughs> Literally thousands of people would have been dead. Terrifying to oh, think about. Oh, no. Well, they had to wait until they got there. They had to do a chemical reaction once they got yes, here. Yes. And that was another comedy. That was another error that they made. So the cultists finally arrived in Matsumoto around 9 p.m. And they picked a supermarket parking lot as the perfect spot to hit the judge's dormitory. Because, of course, they're depending on sarin gas and chemical warfare and all this. It all depends on the wind direction. Mm. Like, that's what, if you want it to go a certain way, uh, then you've got to uh, release it from a certain location. Get fans. <laughs> yeah, that would work. <laughs> but when they started the chemical reaction, they botched the formula and their van filled with a thick white smoke Hydrogen chloride. Oh my god! In addition to release the de- releasing the deadly gas, in, in fact, like one like junior high kid that was taking out the trash next to the supermarket, he said that he saw the van. He just saw it suddenly fill up with gas. He said he heard a lot of muffled voices from inside. But since the screech comes running out of there, whoa, guys! So the thing is about the wind direction uh, is if the wind was I think it was say the wind was blowing from the east then they would have parked on one side of the dormitory where the judges were staying if it was blowing fr- and they would, would be able to just get the judges dormitory and that's all but since it was blowing from the west they had to park in this supermarket parking lot and the sarin gas would have to pass through an apartment block mm. full of hundreds of people and they, and they you know what they said eh, fuck it they're all these are all just casualties in a greater war. We're releasing They're, them. We're, we're doing good for them. Yeah, we're releasing them. We're doing good for them. But luckily for all those people, the uh, wind changed direction at the last minute as they were releasing the gas. The wind changed direction uh, to a less, much less populated area. Eight people still died. Oh. And another 150 suffered serious neurological injuries, but it could have been so much worse. Either way, though, the plan actually worked. The judges were among the injured, and Ohm got out of the lawsuit. And emboldened by a somewhat successful military action, Asahara decided it was finally time to start training ground troops. There yeah. you go. I can't stop thinking about uh, you know the sarin gas going through an apartment building and then the apartment building just filling with shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pop it out of the windows and be like, I think we got him. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a real shoots and ladders party. In there. Look at that. Mm. Now, as far as the ground troops go, Asahara's first idea was to father a squadron of children with his more comely followers and raise them as a team of child assassins. Playing the long game there. Long well, game. well yeah. that's the problem. Well, Armageddon Time sensitive, coming right, up real right. fast. Because so that he, wasn't a workable plan. Because what he's doing now is again, he's ramping up the speech. We got to figure out. We got to. We got to give ourselves a timeline here. He's like 1997. 
that's when the end times are coming. We got to oh. ramp up to 97. And he was like literally doing this. So while he was, for a while, he was fucking him trying to put babies in him. Yeah, and he was, and he got this plan around like 1990. And when I say he wanted a squadron of children, I mean like literally five, six, seven-year-old kids. Yes. So if Armageddon was in 1997, okay. then they're all going to be good, baked, and ready to go by the time it comes. Yeah, and all you got to do, again, what you got to do with these kids is you put bombs in their shoes, you <laughs> teach them how to do bows and arrows, or yeah, and then you just toss them at people. No, just it to was get n- a suicide bomber. Ninjas. No, he was training child ninjas. Oh, oh children he, can't be quiet. Yeah, <laughs> try to no. see what happens right and get a child to run across a bunch of rice paper and see yeah. what happens. Are you kidding me? So, But that's the problem is that Armageddon Armageddon kept getting moved up. And so by the time Armageddon was coming in 1995, Asahara opted to train his own paramilitary force made up of current and former members of Japan's 1st Airborne Division that he called the Soldiers of White Love. Now remember, the rest of <laughs> He's getting pretty hip. Yeah, it is pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, he's doing... That is such a fucking acid name. It's like, yeah, yeah man. He was high as fuck. He was high. Right. He was Again. high as fuck calling him the soldiers of white love. That's what a fucking general with a head full because that's what they always say in the 60s. Like, man, if we had like poet warriors, man, if that's we had, all we need. All we gotta do is put a rose in the in the barrel of every shotgun. Yeah. All we gotta do is like, man, mm. if we got General Westmoreland some acid, then man, Vietnam would be a stone groove. Meanwhile, just war General Westmoreland just takes a tab of acid. He's like, we gotta make the guns. Bigger. <laughs> That's the problem. They yeah. gotta be bigger. We'll paint stripes on the guns. Yeah, paint stripes on the guns. And that's as he's eating a cereal out of the bowl of a Vietnamese bowl. Oh, no, 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 no. I just like what? it because their skin makes it salty. Yeah, Westmoreland was a psychopath. Yeah. He was eating it out of the boys? I'm sure he had a boy's skull that he ate oh, breakfast yeah. out of. Oh, I see. A mo- yeah. You yeah. put a couple of expanders in a butthole, you get some <laughs> cereal in there. Technically, cereal's only a serving of cereal is only three-fourths of a cup. That's <laughs> something. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So boot camp for the soldiers of white love began in the summer of 1994. And their actual, their training ideas, actually pretty novel. The most novel one came when Asahara hired a bunch of homeless dudes from Tokyo and told them that they were going to be extras in a movie called Soldiers of White Love, but they were actually just used as stand-ins for the military resistance that the white lovers were sure to face. If you're homeless, that's a hell of a gig. That is <laughs> not that's bad. A crazy that's gig. a great gig. I would take it just second. Yeah. Absolutely. But they like- get out to the countryside and there's no cameras? They yeah, don't, they, they don't, don't care. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> they never wanted to be in the movie in the first place. They just couldn't believe someone was asking them to right. do something. Just point to a tree and s- tell them it's a camera. I'm going to pay you to guard this tree. Yep. <laughs> All right. Tree's still safe. Just Joe Homos out here. Yeah. So th- Is there I have a dookie next to it? <laughs> you may. <laughs> you are singing my hot song. That's You're me. my new best friend, but also my new worst enemy. <laughs> Can you go find more quiet homeless? Yep. <laughs> I just put this box on my head. I can't hear myself. You can't hear me. <laughs> so the squad trained from 8 a.m. till midnight every day wow. with weightlifting, martial arts, and Chinese-style chi exercises. And in fact, one admiring member described them as, quote, deeply trained with highly developed muscles. Yeah, I couldn't help but notice how good and strong your muscles are. I don't know if you maybe see how I developed my <laughs> up here in the back of my shoulders. It's because mostly because I... 
I'm a furniture during the day. Hey, I'm Charles. <laughs> Are you Charles Ng? Yeah, yeah. How'd you the know? The famous serial killer? Oh, yeah. Okay, hey, take a joke. Yeah, you, you guys are so serious. Why is everybody so serious on it? It's a suicide call. Uh, we're okay. preparing for the end of the world. No, so. no, no, no. Guys, copy. We got rare for a bit. We got Rex. Got Rex. Okay? Yeah. Now, listen. All right? All right. Why does the walrus? Why does it walrus? Wreck a Tupperware. Why does a walrus like Tupperware? Because he's always looking for a tatsier. <laughs> Why nobody rap? Why nobody rap? Well, I don't. I nobody don't know what I bring to Amsterdam. It's kind of a serious time. For nobody knows. Maybe everybody damned. Mm. Everybody always judge. Well, but me, I should no judgment there, and I draw it here and check on the grand. <laughs> Maybe not the right time, Charles. <laughs> so all this was in preparation for what Asahara called X-Day, in which the white lovers, all hopped up on sarin antidote, would seize the government following the great helicopter sarin attack. And with the government in chaos, Ohm would stage a coup, establish established what they called the Supreme State and placed Shoko Asahara at its home with the title of Holy Monk Emperor. Fuck wow. yes. That is what, if I ever have a production company, if I'm ever executive producer again, mm. that is what people are calling it. The Holy Monk Empire? <laughs> yes. Or Emperor? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be everywhere in soft white slippers Ooh. and nothing else. That's good. But followers, they were warned in the uh, ramp up to, to Armageddon. They were, of course, warned Armageddon was going to get a little heavy. See, the white lovers and the sarin attacks were just the beginning. Asahara claimed to have plasma cannons, solar weapons, and vaporization bombs all in production. And there's actually some of it that is not too far off in their travels to Russia. So Hayawaka was meeting with prominent Russian scientists for help on the cult's laser research. Asahara was obsessed with having a laser weapon. He was obsessed with Nikola Tesla. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He really, he wanted to harness the what Tesla said that he could make was a wall of energy that will destroy all humankind, which is intense. That's cool. <laughs> I wonder why yeah. he didn't get funding. Hmm. Um, but they legitimately met with a, a man named Nikolai Basov. He's a Nobel Prize winner for his research on laser technology. And from these efforts, Ohm was able to acquire or design various blueprints of imagined laser weapons and, and, and head science officer Marai's attempt to achieve what the guru ordered led to some kind of laser test yeah. in yeah. October 1994. That was witnessed with, by people. Something with children of the 80s and early 90s. They loved lasers. <laughs> lasers was it for them. Well, that's what All they could think about. Because he wanted to be an anime guy. Yeah, right, he wanted right, right. the whole thing to be an anime. He legitimately looked around being like, we need mech warriors. And he's like, <laughs> yes, I know, but then we have to raise children that are essentially artificial intelligence <laughs> de- designed like human cyborgs that will feed into the mech warriors in order to create a union between man and machine yeah. right. that will not be like the union between God and man. Hello, Evangelion. Yeah, yeah and right. one of them's gonna be a super annoying German redhead that's gonna ruin the whole show Which for you. She's got you. great oh, breasts oh, I didn't it. think she ruined it. Oh, she is awful. I love, love that anime. It's the only anime I watched. But that's what he wanted. <laughs> yes. He didn't understand how difficult no, I, get, that I is. actually if he yeah. was an author, this would be wonderful. Yes. <laughs> I, I do give him All credit. This, this for, would be an incredible yes. story. But that's what we're talking about. He made his fiction his life. Right. Like he was at like he was I mean, you might say he was a bit of a performance artist. Also, 
it's kind of inspiring. <laughs> it's kind of that thing of being like, yeah. go do it. If, if you want to be a, right now, we have a lot of people out there that listen to this show that are professional illustrators. They're like, they want to be professional illustrators. Sure. People don't want to do. Do you want to write books? Whatever you want to do. Don't dream it. Be it. That's be what. It. That's what Asa Horror should have said. Yeah, that's yeah. what Josh Rogers, who does a lot of art for us, Josh. You can do it. You he can is do doing it. it. I know you're Canadian, but you can still well, do it. Wrong? You That's are fun. poultry of spirit because of your country, <laughs> but you can be like an American and do it. Do or it. a Japanese person. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so what Asahara was telling people is like, yeah, Armageddon's going to get heavy. We've got plasma weapons. We've got laser cannons. But listen up. I've given you all the tools that you're going to need to survive. Those who had reached enlightenment in the cult were blessed with unusually high plasma fields, so the plasma cannons would only add to their power. Oh, mm-hmm. easy. He also, there was a part of also Om Shinrikyo's uh, design is that they, they attract a lot of doctors. Yeah. And they did, and they, and they said that these meditation techniques, which is really interesting here, that they had the doctors for the, for the after Armageddon, they would be able to take care of everybody. Mm-hmm. And this whole idea of being like, we got plenty of doctors, so we don't have to worry about anything once the end times come. Right. And also they believed that the, uh, because the, Vaporation, the vaporization bombs that removed all oxygen from the air were fine because Ohm followers already knew shallow breathing act techniques through their meditation sessions so they could hold their breath until the effects passed. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's not like vaporization bombs actually suck the air out of your lungs or anything like nice. that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And as far as those solar cannons went, the ones that focus star power to melt everything in their path, those boiling baths, woo! That's what enhanced, that was for. Enhanced, oh, I see. Enhanced heat resistance. Yeah, it's That's like great. it's like when you boil a kielbasa before <laughs> heating it up on the stove. Sure, sure. I, I think that's how that is. <laughs> oh, well, I believe him. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, during all this nuclear war, the world's food supply would almost certainly be destroyed, but Ohm followers, they could survive that just by opening their chakras and lowering their metabolism until the world could be returned to its previous glory. And it's, if that doesn't work, you can just cut off your fucking feet and eat them. Eat them. <laughs> it's so simple. We're food. We're just food. God, how would anyone doubt this? <laughs> See, I mean, this is common among any religion, any and every religion that has Armageddon weaved into, into their belief system. They're always told that they're the only ones that are going to yep. survive the coming slaughter and only their figurehead has all the answers to live through it. It's every single religion that has, because it makes them feel special. That's what keeps mm. them there. That's what keeps them hooked, is this bullshit Armageddon nightmare. And that's just the positive side of it. It's also <laughs> a, but the truth is that it's a vague threat as well. Yeah, it's the right. same thing as the- Oh, it's the, not vague. It is very real. It's a threat of just being also being like, and if you leave, you'll die, and maybe they won't kill you, but I'll kill you. Yeah. And, and, then, and then also, it's, it's an abusive relationship technique. It's doing the thing that no one will love you like I love you kind right. of shit. I just... 27 sheep. <laughs> 29, <laughs> 29! Oh my god! I thought it was only 27. Well, speaking of the uh, abusive relationship, uh, is that I read uh, the story of this one woman who had to go through this thing called like the Bardo initiation because Om Shinrikyo, the worst thing that you could do was uh, deny the guru's love, and they actually had uh, a like they had a team of people that would bring uh, escapees back. They called them the new followers group. 
And people who would escape again and again, they put them through this thing called, they called the Bardo Initiation. Where they would meet the Lord of Hell, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. They, they, called, they called him Mr. Lord of Hell. Uh, you and, always should. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Lord of Hell, yes. Mr. Lord, yeah. And it was uh, a, an initiation which, you know, they'd bring people in, they'd sit them in this tiny room, and a uh, TV screen would come on, and it would start with, like, Asahara cartoon. Or, no, actually, it would start with, like, a Faces of Death-style video where it just showed people getting shot to death, it yeah. showed them getting, you know, these like blood on the pavement style Sign car accidents. Up, uh, and then a voice, the, the Asahara's voice started saying, everybody dies. Everybody will meet their end. And then it would start showing Asahara Bong. cartoons. Oh. Yeah. And it would, it would start showing Asahara cartoons. The whole cartoons. time I literally would just be sitting there going like, fuck it, <laughs> This is fucking metal, man. Uh, I, don't think that, yeah, I don't think that he would want your love, though. <laughs> so. Sign me up, Can man, you please get the man who tries to milk Woo! me every day out of Hail here? Satan! You'd be the Hail only Satan! one who gets kicked out of the cult because you annoyed the man so yeah. much. I'm yeah. sorry, Miss Soprowski-san, but you are far too gnarly for Om Shinrikia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they also had a head full of acid this entire yeah, time. Yeah, that's a whole oh. thing, exactly. <laughs> But then a guy would come out in like a devil costume. Yeah, he'd right? come out in a devil costume <laughs> and he'd have a huge drum. He'd have a huge drum. And the other thing about Om Shinrikyo, uh, a lot like Scientology, is that they would do confessions where they would tell people about every bad thing that they'd ever done in their life right. when they were inducted into the group. Scientology so, method as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'd have these guys, the, this guy that would come out uh, with this big drum and he'd just, he would recite their confession, every single thing that they ever said, right. every bad thing they'd ever done, and he'd keep beating the drum faster and faster and faster and never, faster. Never tell him anything. I was in Catholic school. They wanted me to go confess to this disgusting priest. I didn't tell him nothing. Yeah, because all the time he's sucking on a pink oh, fucking icicle like a yeah, popsicle. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what's disgusting. also a good way to freak people out with a head full of acid in the situation and dress as the devil? Do the thumb trick. <laughs> that is kind of fun. Trick, be like, you separate your thumb. Because <laughs> people on acid are just toddlers at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, got your nose. <laughs> Give me my nose back. That is freaky. Don't do that. Give me my nose back. It's so not metal, bro. And then after that, they would force the uh, the people to get into the lotus position, and they would bound their legs with uh, rope. They would handcuff their hands behind their back, and then they would bend them into the most painful position possible, and then a guy would come in with a big stick, and he'd just start beating on the walls and on the floor. Still, oh, that just sounds like DD, DDP yoga. I'm in Dallas Page <laughs> yoga. What's that hot yoga? Sarananataka? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then finally, after anywhere from 14 hours to three days, one guy went through Ooh. this ritual. Uh, they were put in a prison. They put them in like these tiny little rail cars with a ton of other people, and they would be these hot metal, uh, these hot metal boxes. And it was like you know the temperature over a hundred degrees. And not only that, but they would pump hot steam into these uh, into these containers. And all you had, all the only privacy they had is that you could go hang out next to the shit bucket because nobody wanted to hang out next to the shit bucket. And that was the closest thing to privacy. Except, Except for one guy. Hi, I gotta use. The shit bucket, huh? That's cool. Yeah, I just kind of like to be near it all the time. <laughs> and that's the thing is that we're talking about this is, you know, this abusive relationship is that this woman, even after she went through the Bardo ritual, that was like the third time she escaped, even after she went through the Bardo ritual, she escaped, she came back on her own volition because she oh. couldn't get the thought of 
Asahara sending her to hell out of her head. She just couldn't get it out. I mean, they're mentally ill people. How no, does one actually, make Actually, no, they're stay? not. They are absolutely not. This woman not. sounds like no, she might. No, absolutely not. That no, is insulting. That is very insulting to abuse victims. That is, they are no, absolutely. Not, not abuse victims. No, they they're are, talking about Umshinrikyo cultists. No, cultists are not mentally ill people. I think that is a very, very common mistake, and I think that is a very dangerous mistake to make. They are broken. Well, that I under, make a lot of, I'm a dangerous guy. <laughs> I'm a dangerous <laughs> man. That's scary. I think that, under, that underestimates yeah. the cult. They are broken people, yes. They are grieving people, but they are not mentally ill. The problem is Some of them are, a, yes, but they are absolutely not Thank you. Not Some of them are. Ill. Thank you very much. But yes. the problem is, is that it's mostly when you put yourself in these set of circumstances when you have given up so much control, the idea that you were ever wrong about that is very embarrassing and very hard to come back yeah, from. Yeah, right, exactly. That when you have so fully subjugated yourself to someone else, in order to then believe that you were wrong the entire time means that you essentially gave up years of your life and the shame and the grief associated with that causes people to stick by these beliefs for a really long time because basically she in order for her to disbelieve that Asahara is real then she has to then also take into her mind that she, she went was through wrong. the whole, yeah. yeah that she went through the barter thing for no reason yeah and not only right, that right, right. but she brought you know she had a family there as well you know so it, not only is she wrong but she has also wasted her children's life she has put her children through all of this the whole belief system is uh, is in shambles they are deeply flawed yeah everybody involved in this whole thing is just flawed and fucked well, yeah, up they're trying to murder thousands and millions of people that's the thing yeah, yeah but those that's are, the big but thing. that's the thing is that this <laughs> woman this woman had no idea that any of that was no going no on. she no. was actually it was actually sadder on her end yeah. because mm. she wasn't a part of the big nefarious world domination plans if she was a part of that i understand why the rest of them were creepily like the 10 percent that were creepily devoted to asahara i know why they are yeah. because they are also being like we'll get a cut of the pie we're going to be a part yeah, of the sure. winning 10 percent like he'll be he'll include us in the in the celebration celebration party yeah, yeah yeah but everyone else was expendable yeah destro's all about cobra commander getting to the top because he thinks he'll be able to hang out yeah in the conference room we just understand cobra commander's probably gonna fucking blow his brains out yeah exactly so, are we but. sure about the exactly? <laughs> oh, that's fine. So, by the end of 1994, Ohm's Supreme Truth would have over 40,000 followers in over 30 branches in at least six countries. Their weapon stockpile had reached super villain proportions, and the connections they had made extended all the way to the Yakuza. If you don't know who the Yakuza is, they are a worldwide criminal enterprise filled with the baddest motherfuckers Japan has to offer. They're like the Mafia times 10. Yeah. And in Japan, they're incredibly important because they're fully involved in business. And I'm certain that what it comes down to it is that, like, what we have here is that they do have a concrete connection because the Kiyori Nakata, the high-level Yakuza master, joined Om Shinrikyo after a fatal liver disease diagnosis was supposedly reversed by miracles worked by the cult, right? Yeah. But also, that was their in. But a part of it, too, is that they... They, because they were involved in big business, they could not. They could not be involved in big business without being involved with the yakuza. Absolutely. So at some point, yakuza members are going to show up and be like, "So what's this operation? Like, we know everything that you have. We know that you got right. this helicopter. And it's like, so what are you doing?" You have to cut us into it now. Yeah, but the, sure. this also tells you another thing about Ohm uh, is that the first time that Yakuza went and talked to Ohm Shinrikyo, uh, sent these bad motherfuckers out there, the Ohm members beat the fuck out of them. Like they act, they went against the Yakuza and they won. So <laughs> a- Asahara and Ohm Shinrikyo actually did have so because the 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 soldiers of White Love, these guys were uh, they were members of Japan's elite defense force. But they were these mercenaries. Are, yeah, right, but they were. Right. 
also mercenary. They were no, but they were, they were people, hired. They were hired goons. No, they weren't. They were people that were in the uh, military that voluntarily became a part of Onshim Rikyo and veterans as well. These are people, they were not hired goons. They were people that joined Asahara voluntarily because they believed in him. That's not good. <laughs> hey, you got to believe in something. I'm so glad all this is in the past. You know yeah, I mean? it's not I'm happening just, now at all. This is like one of those things I'm so yeah. happy that this no, is it's done not with. Like, it's not like there's an organization called ISIS that's almost exactly like Om Oh, we made them, and we'll turn them off and turn them on every time we want. It's <laughs> <laughs> the second time it's come up, but I can't even get into it. <laughs> so it's through this man that Om, this guy, Kyote uh, Nakata, it was through this man that Om would finally have the connections to the underworld that they would need to procure small arms as the AK-47 factory, not surprisingly, a little slow going. Weird. Yeah, to build a thousand AK-47s from scratch. It's hard for someone to get one of those like weird embroidery Etsy things going. Yeah. Never mind a fucking AK-47 yeah. factory. Why didn't yeah. they just stop by a Walmart when they were in Florida? <laughs> I mean, there's so many damn guys. I just don't even understand the problem. <laughs> so over the course of four deals, Nakata secured 18 handguns for the Ohm cult, which is a big deal in a country with as strict a gun laws as Japan has. They have ridiculously strict gun laws. Mm. But perhaps more impressively than that, Nakata was also able to secure 20 hand grenades from a shady Chinese gang. <laughs> awesome. We don't really know anything else, but no, that's it. it. Shady Chinese gang. That's I'm like, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, what are you going to say? Like a really cool, seemingly innocent Chinese yeah. gang. These seem like fairly petty deals, though, considering they got a helicopter from the Russians. Yeah, they, yes. they do. They have a helicopter. You know, they have all these chemical uh, weapons, but they're trying real hard to get these ground troops trained. Yeah. Uh, so... Nakata also introduced Ohm through the Yakuza to the wonders of insurance fraud. See, when an Ohm member joined the cult and signed away all their assets, that, of course, included any and all life insurance policies that the initiate may have had. And after that, it wasn't hard to make accidents happen around the compound or for elderly members to suddenly up and die in one of the horrific makeshift hospitals, which we'll get into on a future bonus episode. They have just, they just made their own hospitals. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of things that I'm into. I like, you know, yeah, I love farmers markets. Right. I like, you know, farm to table stuff. I like indie things like indie films. Here in CCR, we are 100% DIY. Like we are the like we're the fucking DIY network, man. We fucking love DIY. You know what I could use for things to not be DIY is a hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take care of that. You build that. Right. I don't want you if you couldn't make it as a stand up and then you decide, oh, I want to be a doctor and now I'm a doctor. That's not how that's gonna work. No, no, no. That's a Legal. Yeah, and Ohm also made a pretty penny selling drugs to the Yakuza, even though their product was known as the worst shit on the market, except for their acid. See, their acid was fucking great, but acid never really caught on in Japan. Can you think about how good anime would have been, oh, though? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's interesting that it didn't catch on in Japan. It's video games and they're anime. Already, they're and... very creative. Yeah, they're yeah. they're already a creative people. Oh, yeah, I yeah. see. Okay. It, they, kinda, they had their own kind of version of the 60s, and they created some amazing psychedelic music, but they kind of did it with Without drugs, they're already they're on the level, man. Well, they had a 1960s. I mean, I mean, like we the all did. Every, all, every, all world had a 1960s. Yeah, when you think literally as you do, 
But come on, man. I'm thinking in the psychedelic realm. Talk about music. I'm talking about a movement, man. Get with the feelings, yeah, bro. Yeah, it's like you don't even know Dr. Buzz. Dr. I Buzz. know Dr. Buzz. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know what you need to do, man, is put cannabis oil in your shoes, man, because you're too groovy to be sick. Man, I'm uh, fucking, I, got, I think I got 102 temperature. Man, that's just your fucking prerogative, dude. <laughs> It's such a fucking journey. <laughs> uh, but you know the acid it was the great acid was great. But you know they were also making PCP. They were also making meth. But everyone like the uh, yakuza and all the drug users, they called it ohm stuff because it was super dirt. <laughs> How do they mess up meth? It, Beth, you got, it was super dirty, super impure. Like, yeah, you've seen Breaking Bad. Like, you know no, how I, Cranston stuff is like the purest shit yeah, around. But they made sarin gas. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, how do you were, mess up meth? Because they were if, focusing on the sarin gas. The meth was just like a side project. Eh, just do figured. what you love. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Follow your heart. That's right. Yeah. But nevertheless, by the end of 1994, Ohm was operating what many believe was the largest underground drug manufacturing operation in the entire world. Yikes. <laughs> and Nakata was also in the process of negotiating the hiring of several Yakuza members to fight alongside the White Lovers when X-Day finally came. But fortunately for the people of Japan, Ohm would make a mistake that would finally give Japanese cops the concrete excuse mm. they've been looking for, <laughs> and Harumagen would have to come Early. That's the thing that's really oh scary is that Harumageddon can always come early. <laughs> it can Why really, that? Yeah. Why is that true? Harumageddon could come in like the next hour. Uh, wow. All right. Uh, um, Shinrikyo, part three. Amazing. Good stuff. Yeah, this Ooh. stuff. I mean, this stuff wow. is really like this is when like this episode is when you really see Om Shinrikyo for not just like the weird Heaven's Gate, Jonestown, Waco type of cult. You know, right. y- you see these guys for the true terroristic threat that they actually are. And I really, I truly do believe that you can compare Om Shinrikyo. Like, Om Shinrikyo was like the, the precursor to ISIS, to people like that. Well, you to, these start- de- to these death cults. Uh, ISIS just got a hold of the weapons. If Om Shinrikyo would have got a hold of the weapons, they could have become an ISIS. They could have become that sort of threat. Truly becoming a war, like a, an actual enemy war the machine. It's yeah. like yeah, a thing. real they, terrorist it's, group. It's very... Interesting. You look at it and you're just real. The more I read about it, is that they just how dangerous they were, right? And just how big it got yeah. without the they, internet, but, yeah. without the internet, and also yeah. because the government did not interview interfere whatsoever. They weren't getting checked at all, and right. so they were just doing all this shit. And it, I can imagine. Can you imagine being the Japanese police finally showing up? Like once the whole thing's said and done, and then looking at them and like, holy fuck, we should have gotten on this a lot earlier, <laughs> yeah. guys. Well, the Japanese police that was their whole thing is that they kept saying it's like well that's like when someone would go missing because like, so, like, because dozens of people would go missing and they right. and the uh, the people would say like the families were like hey listen i think this omshin rico people fucking kidnapped and killed my daughter yeah, get and, out of here. and the japanese police was like well, that's interesting but it's not concrete yeah. enough we yeah. need evidence yeah I we need it. like they needed hard Evidence. That's what they said is that they wouldn't because also like they were kind of in business. They were in business with the Yakuza as well. And the Yakuza kind of act as an unofficial police force in Japan. Uh, if something so happens, that, like if there were if it was really fucked up, yeah. the Yakuza would stop it. Yeah. And I'm certain that the Yakuza was getting them weapons and stuff, but kind of just considering them another gang. Yeah. I'm certain they're looking at these guys and kind of being like. 
We'll get them weapons and shit, but we'll probably only get them only 20 weapons because we have all the rest of the weapons and if we ever need to fucking kill these people, we need to make sure we can kill them. Probably not really knowing that they were they had fucking uh, 70 tons of sarin gas that they were trying to no, make. Absolutely no, absolutely not. Oh, no, right. they were just another gang and one that was making the Yakuza money. So. Don't yeah. trust anybody on motorcycles. <laughs> Except for my dad. My dad was cool yeah. on motorcycles. Well, he wasn't. Day. I'm sure he wasn't on a Yakuza type mo- motorcycle. No, had a what, are, what are those called? The fast ones. Uh, the uh, crotch rockets. The crotch rockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't trust them. No, but uh, a dude on a hog. Yeah, yeah, trust man. him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you could sort of trust him. Kind of, not with if your you're wife another or grown male. Yeah. If you're another grown yeah, 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 male, yeah. you can trust them. Don't, don't ever trust them if you're a young, young uh. male or woman or a woman. Or yeah. go, you know, go read Hell's Angels by Hunter S. Thompson. You might not trust a guy on a hog all don't that Don't trust anyone. Actually, don't ever trust yeah, anyone. Yeah, you know what? I've come full circle. <laughs> yeah, don't even tr- If they're in a car, don't trust them. Vans, don't Walking trust them. Walking on the street, don't talk to them. Airplane, yeah. Yeah, but you can always trust us. You yes. can always trust us, and my God, if you do need, uh, you know, if you are sad about the 29 sheep, uh, <laughs> reach out. We will mourn together. Also, just remember that if you listen to last podcast and left, and if you're one of the true elite that have given us a five-star review on iTunes, is that when the Armageddon comes, yeah. when the end times comes, we you, will be safe. You are well, the only no, ones will, who are safe. You yeah, will also, we will die. Just, but no, safe no, no, in no. the spirit if, world. If you listen oh, back, see. starting at around episode 73 or 74, starting around Toy Box Killer or BTK, uh, I began to weave a secret message throughout really that I've been working on for a few years. And if you really listen, really listen. Then if you really yeah. listen, then only you are able to have the secret on how to survive the upcutting, so upcoming you are apocalypse. Actively asking people who might be more uh, vulnerably um, mentally. Yes. <laughs> yes. To lose their minds. Yes. Satire. Satire. I, uh, satire. satire. Okay. All right. Satire. Very good. I've never uh, been able to use that excuse before. I like see, it. Is it a fun? Yeah, it's is it a nice? It's, it's kind of free, it right? Satire. Because yeah. everything's satire. Everything is satire. <laughs> as long as you say it's satire. Everything we do is satire. <laughs> um, awesome, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, yeah, listen to the other shows. We mentioned page seven. Yeah. Uh, Able Against Top Hat, Roundtable of Gentlemen, and Sex the, and Other Human Activities. And the Lucky Bone Show. Yeah, the Lucky Bone Show. Mixcloud.com slash Marcus Parks. I'm going to ask you guys. I, I don't like to ask dumb shit like this but this is a thing that I, I, I that actually means a lot to me Heroes Reborn Dark Matters has been nominated for a Webby for uh, Best Dramatic Series and if you want to go and vote for us that would be awesome I did it that would be that would really that would be really awesome if where do they go for that, that Webby Awards uh, the Webby Awards cool. I don't yeah. I, th- I don't know Even I think if it's Webby.com like, just close your eyes just close your eyes and do the it. thing I, I'm actually really proud of the Dark Matters series I think it it's came great. out really good well you improv a lot of that didn't you I improv all my dialogue it's, it's like one of those things we improv we won a WGA Award for the writing of it, which is my improv. <laughs> right, right. But right. that's fine. It's always that that's way, fine. It? But it's like just come and just please, please vote for it. That that would be really awesome. We're in second place right now, and if we win it, uh, apparently we're we're getting close to an Emmy nomination. Nice. So if that could happen, that would this would push it. So come that on, that would be great. I can whip it. Do whip it. it. Do it for all of us. <laughs> do it for do it for me. Do it um, for me. Do it for me. <laughs> and follow me on Instagram at Dr. Fantasty and at LP on the left. Very cool. And oh. follow me on Instagram uh, at Marcus Parks. I'm at Ben Kissel on Twitter. I don't do Instagram. 
Um, <laughs> but I did just download the Bitmoji app. Yeah, that's what oh, we yeah. were doing. So we were sending Bitmoji. We're all pretty obsessed we're with Bitmoji. Fun. So I'm yeah, next yeah. step Instagram. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, also uh, thanks again to everyone at Midtown Scholar yep. uh, for uh, sending us all of these uh, amazing books. Uh, we're also going to be getting a lot of help from Midtown on research. They've started doing fucking research with us, uh, which we're sweet. really going to get yeah. into uh, on the next episode. Uh, there and are renunciants. We yeah. got to thank this guy. I walked into the office today, and Marcus is wearing a very fancy... Fancy pair of sunglasses. Rudy! Rudy! Yeah, thank uh, you. Thank you to, uh, let's see here, Devin Johnson, uh, who oh, uh, works uh, for this company called uh, The Rudy Project, and they sent us like a bunch of fucking awesome swag. Thank you for swag. Yeah, yeah And also this, this shampoo to get grit out of your hair. I Which was kind of an insult, I have to say. I've never had a piece of grit in my hair. Oh, uh, no, you need grit in your hair. I don't work hard. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and the guy that sent us uh, the awesome anti grit shampoo, his name is uh, Chris uh, Hickman. Uh, I used it last night, or I used it night before last. I only wash my hair like once every two weeks. I used it uh, night before. What? No, it's it doesn't get. Okay. <laughs> just move on. We the just, oil. You just move on. Don't yeah. even think about it. Don't, 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 once every two weeks. You're not supposed to wash your hair all the time. Yeah, but that's no how you lose your hair. You're not supposed to. It damages your hair. I don't know if that's true either. It absolutely seems like a lot of mess for people. Gator. It's totally right on over that. Very true. But anyways, I used it. My hair is bouncy and fluffy. And you know what? Summer Rudy! <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remove my thank you Rudy! to Devin. Rudy. Devin, you caused all of this. RudyProject.com. Rudy it's like, if you're a workout person, uh, like I know some of you guys... <laughs> I'm a doing workout. I am a workout person. Workout person. It's, a tri- it's a triathlete thing. Yeah, yeah. And you know, a lot of these workout people, they listen to uh, our show uh, while they work out, and they've got like a, a bunch of cool shit over there. So, I yeah, tell you what, I'm doing the- summer of Japanese whiskey. That's my thing. Hey, oh, I love nice. that. Oh, yeah, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Oh, and Japanese if you, uh, by the way, if you want to give to our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/LastPodcast on the left, thank you guys so much for all of your support. And yep. if you want a uh, Last Podcast on the Left T-shirt, go to CaveComedyRadio.com/slash. Merch and I seriously could not tell you guys. You guys are the most supportive fans in the world. I just felt like saying it. Our Facebook group is like twelve thousand people now. Uh, like you guys really are the best, most supportive, uh, most awesome fans in the entire fucking world. You guys are are great. We don't say it enough, but you me, guys are fucking amazing. Me, I love you at wrong time. When we get to fifteen thousand, <laughs> then we'll go on to phase two. <laughs> so. Phase two will be discussed at 15,000. Thousand. Thousand. So, <laughs> interesting. But if, but if you listen throughout the episodes, you already know what you phase already, two you is. You already know what phase two is. If you're listening real closely. If you really listen. Uh, don't drive him crazy. Every ninth word. Hey, All just, right. Just think about that. Every ninth <laughs> word. Hail yourselves. Uh, Hail Geed. Hail Satan. And hail me. And uh, magustalations. Magustalations, one and all. Don't shit yourself today, all right? Just oh. avoid it. Just fucking <laughs> make the toilet. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.
Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big. 